You're tuned to the Risky Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hutting. And I'm your co-host, Michelle Raymond. You can celebrate another day of living. It's a good news business talk show talking about the exponential world, hosting fabulous guests from all sorts of industries and business, talking about trends, shifts, changes, and how you can not only survive but thrive in this exponential world and just celebrate another day of living and of love. Tune in for some inspiration, some exponential leadership, and some interesting thought-provoking conversations.
What a fabulous song by the band Jefferson Starship. Wonderful sound of that electric violin in the background there, who's none other than Papa John Creech, who, who played with the airplane band for a long time. Jefferson Starship was the, the successor to the band didn't change, just the name changed, to Jefferson Airplane, which was the great 70s, 60s, 70s band with Grace Slick, alias Chrome Nunn and Paul Cantner, Dave Freiberg, Marty Ballin, Papa John Creech, great performers. And uh, that was their first album called Dragonfly, uh, brought out in 1975 by the band. And a really great track, Ride the Tiger. So if you want to do something exciting, you know, get, get, get on a plane and go over to India and find one of those, those wonderful resorts. I don't know if you can ride a tiger, but you can certainly look at them. And uh, what a lovely idea to ride a tiger. Before that was Old Habits Die Hard. Mick Jagger and Dave Stewart off the soundtrack of uh, Alfie. And, of course, uh, the band before that was London Calling, The Clash. And um, you tune to Risky Business. I'm your host, Brian Hutting. With me, Sean Joubert, who's the CEO of Tourvest. And uh, all sorts of thoughts going through my mind, Sean, as we've been, as we've been listening to the music and just thinking about the, the whole world that you're in and, and the whole world of travel and the world that we're in. And you touched on the whole hybrid work thing. And so... I mean, Tourvest was a really cohesive group of people. You, I mean, your people have worked for you for a long time. It was, it was like a, a family, you know, if one can, can dare call it that, and very tight and close. And you, you, you went through the challenges of, that you had to of, of cutting back and trimming. And uh, because, let's face it, when there's no travel, there's no business, there's no revenue, and that must have been daunting. And uh, you guys somehow came through it. Yeah, Brian, I must be honest. I mean, it was a very tough two years. I mean, people ask me the question, you know, and I talk, I mean, I, you know, I say, you know, the MBAs, you know, I'll pose this following question, you know, in March 2020, I'll never forget, you know, March 2020, when the restrictions and hard <laughs> lockdowns came into force, you know, not just in our own country, but across the world. Tourvest had a 300 million rand a month overhead base. Sure. And in April... We invoiced one million rand. <laughs> and um, you didn't know for how long, you know, um, the world's response to COVID, you know, regarding restrictions of freedom of movement and, and lockdowns and, and et cetera, you know, how long that was going to continue. So, you know, were you going to have suppressed revenues for three, three weeks, three months, three years? Um, so it was really, really uncertain um, time for us. Um, but every decision that we took um, at the time was simply to save Tourvest. You yeah. know, it was to survive. Every yeah. decision we took as a leadership and as a management team was in the best interest of Tourvest. How are we going to survive um, this calamity, this pandemic? And the most soul-destroying aspect of it for all of us um, at Tourvest was that the group was on track for a third record year. Sure. Um, you know, as you say, we were – I suppose our average tenure at Tourvest of our staff member was at least 10 years. Sure. Long, uh, in a period, employees have been with us for a long, 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 long time. Um, and it was just, you know, the sacrifice, the hardship, the pain, soul-destroying the impact it had on our people. It was the sacrifices and the hardship and the pain and the decisions that <coughs> all our employees, you know, from leadership down, took um, and had to bear to save Tourvest. And, you know, and it was due to circumstances completely outside our control. You know, it's one thing mismanaging or making the wrong decision and then being held accountable for it. But to find yourself in that situation 
where you had a thriving business and your market is basically banned and taken away and you don't know for how long. Yeah. Um, and the impact that it had on our staff was probably the most soul-destroying for all of us um, at Turvest. But at the end of the day, as I say, we, it was a sacrifice that all our employees made um, through salary reductions, et cetera, um, you know, that saved Turvest. Well, it was always, always around an analogy that I like to use. You know, we were a sick patient in a coma and we just had to come out of this coma with a, with a heart and a brain still pumping, yeah. working. We might lose an arm, you might lose a leg, but ultimately we need to save the vital organs. Yeah. And that's really how we got through it. And for sure. us, it was for always when, not if. So for us, it was about belief and hope. And we always knew that our business model remained, remained relevant. People would travel. People eat at restaurants again. People stay at hotels again and lodges again. People get out again. We knew it would, it would come back. It was just to install that belief and hope in our employee base and just general broader stakeholder base, you know, that it was when and not if, and the culture of the organization yeah. that saved two of us. I've had the privilege of meeting your leaders, and it's been such a, a wonderful inspiration, actually, to see how, how they stood together and how they worked at it and pulled through and continued to be the leaders that they were, you know. No, no, bro, absolutely. I mean, uh, the one thing I – as I said, I touched on culture. You know, it was that culture of ownership and accountability. And not only did our leadership, but our, all our employees mm. actually behaved like owners. Yeah. And if someone says what to me was the biggest contributing factor to the success of Turvis in, in surviving this crisis, it was the sense of ownership and accountability of just stepping up to the plate and doing the right things, making the right decisions t- to save Turvis. And funny enough, I probably wouldn't swap the last two years for anything. Yeah simply because it's brought us as an organization and, and specifically the leadership team very close together, very, very close together. And, you know, we talk about a hybrid solution. I mean, I'll never forget, as soon as that lockdown was removed, and in the first week of May of 2020, every single one of us leadership and management got back to office wow. to engage face-to-face, collaborate, and just to just felt it was so much better to come in and and talk face-to-face and make decisions face-to-face and engage face-to-face. Uh, I think it hadn't been for that. Um, I think it would have been far more difficult. Yeah, well, sure. And lessons learned from that, Sean, that you didn't expect to learn? I just, you know, you know, in, in context of, again, you know, the digital world and this hybrid model and working from home and working from things, um, I don't want to, you know, you've used me use this before. It's not my analogy. It's something that I read. So yeah. I don't want to be accused here of, um, you know, and it's really this mercenary to patriots. You know, I read a very interesting article many years ago around how the digital world and this working from home has turned, you know, patriots into mercenaries. You know, we're patriots. You're fighting for a bigger purpose, a bigger yeah. cause, an organization. And you can tend to lose that individual or that employee or that leader to, to a mercenary type, type approach where you're working for yourself. What's in it for me and not for the broader collective team, yeah. organization, et cetera. And the one thing that I, uh, that I learned out of this was that, um, you know, the digital world and the hybrid scenarios absolutely got a role to play. Absolutely. Depends on the industry, the organization, the role, the responsibility. But you can't replace, you know, face-to-face um, physical presence no. when it comes to collaboration, teamwork, engagement. And as I said to my team, you can't lead behind a computer, in no. my view, you, no. you know, especially in our organization. Yeah. It's a very much a people organization. We are about people in delivering value and experiences to people yeah. in the travel and hospitality world. And for us, it was always, whilst there's a place for it, the one learning we took out of it 
was that as a team, you know, being in office, engaging, you know, collectively as a team, making decisions together as a team, watching the body language, looking at someone yeah. getting angry, um, you know, looking at someone getting emotional for us helped us, um, helped us through it. And for me, the biggest learning of everything was just how important a culture of an organization and a value system and a, a value system and a belief system is what got Turv through this yeah. crisis. So interesting because uh, when you've got a group of people who've been together for so long, to move into a remote space, you've got quite a lot to hold on to in terms of what was and what is and what's inculcated mm. in you. I suppose as one moves forward, and thank goodness for the hybrid model and thank goodness for the back to work because as new blood comes in, how do you inculcate that culture and that thing without people being in the space with each other? To do it remotely is extremely difficult. You know, you can't – culture is not something that's a, a list of ticks, you know, uh, you know step by step no. and paint by numbers. It's a how, you, how you live and how you lead and how you show up in the room. Absolutely. I mean, I don't have to tell the listeners this. You know, for me, culture is simply it's a, a values and beliefs, you know, a value system and a belief system that drives behavior. Yeah. And how do you drive the right behavior, you know, when, when, you know, when all your employees are working consistently remotely? So for me, it's always, you know, it augments or complements. It's a tool or add-on yeah. to, to, to culture per se. It doesn't replace. For me, it's not one or the other. No. You know, so for me, you know, you know the, uh, providing flexibility, you know, what the hybrid does. You know, in, in fact, if you look at a lot of our employees, you know, they could do the job from the moon. You know, yeah. and we can measure their productivity from the moon with technology today. So some of our employees are far more efficient and productive, you know, um, um, from home. But for me, it's, it's not one or the other. It's both. Yeah. But those individuals are also expected, you know, three days a week or two, three days a week to come into office and participate in a, in a team effort, in a collaborative effort where we then can start working on, on such important factors such as culture. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't emphasize it enough. It, you know, everyone that says to me, what, is, what was your key success or key factor to, to you surviving this crisis? And I always come back to the culture of the organization. You tune a risky business talking about the, the challenges, the risks, the opportunities, the learnings, the highlights, the collateral beauty of the world of travel and the travel industry and how it's so important to, to realize that it's our authenticity of who we are and how we show up that leaves the lasting impression. Here we've got a great song by an unbelievably underrated but exceptional band from the 70s called Audience off their album called House on the Hill, a track called Jackdaw.
That was a wonderful triple play there, started off by the band Audience, Howard Worth on vocals, a track called Jackdaw off their House on the Hill album, followed by a song that needed absolutely no introduction by the mega underground group Led Zeppelin, Hollowed a Love off their Led Zeppelin 2 album, and then a really wonderful man who became super famous at, at Woodstock for his version of the Beatles' Little Help from Me Friends, uh, Joe Cocker, but uh, performing a track called Ruby Lee. And you tuned to Risky Business. I'm your host, Brian Hutting, with me, Sean Jaber, the CEO of Tourvest Group, and uh, we're chatting about the whole amazing world of travel and, and what it means in our lives and how you make a great business out of it. Sean, obviously the world's moved along and uh, the, the emergence of Booking.com and Airbnb 
How's that affected and how does that continue to affect what you do? Because they must surely be competitors of yours in essence. Yes, absolutely. So just quickly to answer that question, you've got to go back to you know, our five different divisions. You know, the divisions from financial services to destination management you know, to restaurants to retail are very different, but they are aligned on the traveler and the tourist. That's the common thread across all our divisions. And the one where digital disruption, when you're talking about digital disruption in the supply chain, such as Booking.com, Expedia, hotel beds, etc., is the that digital disruption you see affects our distribution business because our distribution business is a B two B. Yeah. So absolutely, it's a competitor, but at the same time, at the same time, it provides it provides tourists and travellers to our product ah, businesses. Okay. So it's a very yeah. incestuous industry. Yeah. It's a very incestuous yeah. industry. So where digital disruption will impact one of your businesses or divisions, it also augments and and, and provides. Uh, customers to other areas of our business. But with, with regards to the digital world and the digital disruption that's taking place, and absolutely, but you look at Turvis Travel Services, which is our corporate travel management division, we've got the leading technology platform there, Travel RT. Oh, really? Okay. Which is yeah. our response to the digital disruption and, and technology play that you've seen that you've seen taking place. So we as Turvest, one of our key strategic objectives is to ensure that we adapt to and adopt relevant technologies that you'll see in technological trends that are playing out in the market. So whilst absolutely some of these digital, such as online travel agents, online tour operators, absolutely as they disrupt the world of travel, we at Turvest are adapting to it by introducing our own technologies, firstly. And second of all, you know, we absolutely, a lot of those online players are, are suppliers um, to, to many of our other product businesses in any event. But it's the whole distribution channel and supply chain. And our industry is just like any other industry. He's been impacted yeah, must um, have been. By, the, by the world of technology. And yet personal experience says to me, you know, when you've got a great travel agent, you know, and there's stuff that happens, it's fine when you just make a booking and off you go and you do what you do. But when you run into challenges and complexities and things that need a shift and change and having a great agent to be able to intervene, it makes such a difference. So I think you've, you've touched on something there, 100%. You know, so if you look at our Turvis Travel Services Division, they call themselves a technology company, not yes. a travel company because no. it's a technology-based solution yes. that we provide our customers. Then second of all, you, you touched on the word of complexity and covid demonstrated this to us. You know, in our distribution businesses, Africa, so Africa less so, but Africa is a very mysterious and complex place. Good luck to a traveler who wants to travel across <laughs> Africa for the first time uh, on booking.com uh, or Expedia. Uh, uh, um, yeah. To, to their credit, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you want some, you want a bit of a hybrid model. You want the technology platform yeah. that helps you yeah. make the booking, but at the same time, you want some personal advice on the other side of the telephone. What are the safe destinations? What are the complex destinations? Should I be going there? Shouldn't I be going there? What are the better hotels? What are the better lodges? What are the better regions to visit? So for us, Complexity is our friend, and in complexity, you know, a combination of a technological solution along with a person on the other side of the phone who can give you some advice yeah. um, is very, very important. And that is why our strategic thrust is in complex destinations and not um, easy destinations. And complex destinations is where we're particularly strong. That's strong fantastic. Yeah. Sean, I mean, it's amazing. We've, we've actually basically come towards the end of the show. It goes so quickly, I mean, in a flash. I was just starting to have fun. I know, <laughs> man. So th listen, this is just this is just version one, eh? Mark one. We've got Mark two and Mark three. 
Looking forward, just as a sort of parting shot, two things I'd ask you. One is what's next? I mean, what do you see from a change and challenge point of view, an innovation point of view from a tourist? And the second one is advice to people out there uh, entering into the world of hospitality and travel and business. What would your advice to them be? <laughs> <laughs> to stay out of the travel industry. <laughs> now, look, the one thing, as I said, I've also learned is the vulnerability of our industry because yeah. it's often impacted by factors outside our control. But it's a sexy cool business for the lack yeah. of a better word it's a business that you can have fun at yeah. you know and, and that's why notwithstanding what we've gone through the last two years you know uh, people in the industry are quite passionate about about the industry and what they do and therefore they're resilient because you're far more resilient about something that you're passionate about you know, so my first advice would be do something that you're passionate about because then things are easier through hard time and good times you know, from a tour, and, and that is where we've, we've displayed resilience it's purely because people love the industry and they love working for tourists. Yeah. Without that, resilience would have been eroded very, very yeah. quickly. And then finally, you know, from a tourist perspective, we're in a reset rebuild mode. You know, so our long-term plans and, and visions to some extent were stalled with COVID. We've survived. So, our, you know, it's from survival to revival. We're in, the, we're in the process of reviving our business. Mm. And our targets are quite simple. We want to get back to what we were pre-COVID in the next 24 months. It's Wonderful. no more complicated than that. And I believe it's possible and, and hopefully we can do it even sooner. Wonderful. Sean, it's been an absolute delight having you on the show. Thank you so much. And I just wish you, Thank you for your amazing invite. team, your amazing people, just huge success and, and continued growth and health and, and good things. Thank, Thank you, you, Ryan. Thank you, Thank for you the, so much. Thank you for the invite. We tuned to uh, Risky Business, Good News Business talk show. Sean Jaber, the CEO of Tourvest Group, in the studio with me. And just reminding you all that if you're not with the ones you love, love the ones you're with. And take time to show and tell the ones you love just how much you do. Life's too short. Take some time to stop, breathe, step back, and just remember what you've achieved and what you've done. And, and take a little time to love yourselves. And We're going to go out with a track that certainly speaks of distance. It's off the live uh, European tour album of Rory Gallagher, ex-frontman from the band Taste, Irish fellow, Irish great guitarist, and the song A Million Miles Away. So just think about traveling a million miles and don't be a million miles away from each other. You're just a, a call or an email or an SMS or a WhatsApp away. Have a great week. Take care of each other and be found guilty of many random acts of kindness.
tuned to the Risky Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hutting. And I'm your co-host, Michelle Raymond. You can celebrate another day of living. It's a good news business talk show talking about the exponential world, hosting fabulous guests from all sorts of industries and business, talking about trends, shifts, changes, and how you can not only survive but thrive in this exponential world and just celebrate another day of living and of love. Tune in for some inspiration, some exponential leadership, and some interesting, thought-provoking conversations. Have a day.